I'm back with Systemically Distorted Communication. I've got Spencer Fiskin, the marketing genius uh, podcast host. Putting it lightly. Yeah, lightly, very lightly. Of uh, the long lost explorer and business owner of Blue Ocean HQ. Spencer, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. So full disclosure, we did this yesterday and I didn't push record. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we had a long hour and a half conversation yeah we'll see if we can match our enthusiasm today <laughs> yeah, so exactly. as i said yesterday <laughs> uh okay so the point of today we want to break down the upcoming george floyd trial and kind of go over our perception of what's going to happen and some of the issues that are could potentially come from it that you know are, are likely so anyway, uh, Spencer, uh, yesterday they re-added the third degree charge. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think that's going to play? First, let's go over the, the different degrees, right? So mm-hmm. uh, first degree murder in most states, I'll just go through this. First degree murder is defined as unlawful killing that is both willful and premeditated, meaning that it's committed after planning or laying in wait. So basically you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I'm going to go kill this person. Yeah. Second degree, which is what uh, Derek Chauvin's being charged with, is the non-premeditated killing resulting in assault, which uh, from some sort of assault where death comes. So you encounter a situation, you lose control, and because of your actions, it leads to because of your violent action, it leads to death. Yeah, just kind of like what I used yesterday as an example, like if you just like catch your girlfriend cheating and you just like blow up and you just beat the living crap out of the guy until he like dies mm-hmm. and i think yeah most cases go into this area where you know most of us lose our temper that's what most of the reason that i kill people is when i just lose my temper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean yeah. i don't i generally tread between second and third so <laughs> just depending yeah. on the day Usually you have second or third degree murder yeah. so then the third degree uh so, well, we'll go back to second degree in a moment, but the uh, third degree is uh, someone can be accused of a third degree murder if they unintentionally cause someone's death while committing a dangerous act. So I guess dangerous and violent is a bit different. And the difference is really the mentality of the person, which then becomes kind of mm-hmm. challenging on how you determine what they were thinking in that moment. And that's yeah. where it's difficult finding the evidence for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the two different charges on uh, Derek Chauvin is the second degree murder and second degree manslaughter uh and these are the difference between these is second degree murder uh refers to the intentional killing that was not planned beforehand and then the manslaughter is involves the unlawful (laughs) killing but without any evil intention to commit the act Mm -hmm. of killing yeah that's a that's a really hard one to figure out to get into someone's brain like unless if you have um minority report like if we're living in that world of minority report and stuff like that it's really hard to get into the brain of someone who can you can prove that they have evil intentions yeah and even in that movie you find out that they were technically not 100 percent correct all the time because Mm -hmm. yeah ends up proving it wrong by not killing that guy although yeah that was just the first thing that like came to my head yeah, actually, I guess it did predict accurately, but the people running the system assumed that it was him killing 
but wait a minute. Yeah, because a guy ended up grabbing his hand and forcing him to pull the trigger. So yeah, it ended up not yeah. being like they just kind of misinterpreted what they saw the but the reading. Wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, side trip. Uh, so the two that uh, Derek Chauvin was charged with was the second degree murder and second degree manslaughter. And based on both of those, I wasn't sure that a conviction would come from either of those. So uh, a few days ago, they added the third degree charge, which is unintentionally causing someone's death while committing a dangerous act, which they're saying the dangerous act is that knee on the neck. You're saying they added or they switched from the second to third? They, they added it onto the list of, of charges. So now they're open up to uh, third degree murder. So okay, gotcha. Charge. So instead of just having the jury decide second degree murder and second degree manslaughter, they are now open to also having the option for third degree. So if they say there's not enough evidence for second degree, mm-hmm. okay, maybe there is enough evidence for that third degree. Yeah. I, I, I still feel like... The, it, it's being pushed a little bit, you know, just with the circumstances in hand, because Chauvin has a pretty good defense against, um, I mean, basically all the charges that he has at hand. Now, is there some negligence? Yeah, I, I, I could see like some negligence and stuff like that. But mm, I don't know when, when it comes to murder that it, it's, it's like one of those things. It, it, it seems like a lot of our politics lately ha- are things that are just right on the fucking fence. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it, it, most of our arguments are not, it, you know, black and white. It, it's, it's just not using it like racial terms, but just, you know, black and white arguments and stuff like that. Not a lot of people are really uh, fixing on that. So I, I, I'm noticing that the media have really been digging into those very, very on the fence, gray issues and stuff like that and becoming really political. So that's, that's where it is. It's on the fence and that's where the politics are coming in to leaning on the other side to try and like, you know, get the majority of the, kind of like the social approval to lean towards that side, which causes like the pressure of doing it. That's mm-hmm. what I've been noticing lately on just like, you know, every single topic when it comes to, you know, in the past Trump or it, just even some of these social issues when it comes to these gray area deaths by cops and stuff like that. So it's just been really kind of interesting to see, mm-hmm. when, especially even when it comes to a marketing standpoint of how much they are trying to promote um, one side of this. And one side is definitely winning. I, I, I will say that the, the marketing campaign for one side is, is definitely outweighing against the other side. So mm-hmm. obviously there's, there's a lot of r- r- major points on both sides. You have, I, I, I mean, I, I feel like we're just kind of seeing in this space. We kind of need to step back a little bit because when you when we initially just see the um, clip of um, the knee on the neck, and that is just kind of where we start our facts from, and so this is kind of where things have been dug into because that's where the gray area is. So mm-hmm. you have a guy, a, a police officer with his knee on the guy's neck, saying he can't breathe. I mean, you you see this as a very harsh form of excessive force when it comes to it. So 
for that clip that we saw, it, it it looks like he is very guilty of doing this. But again, we only saw that certain clip. Now, as things come to light, and when it comes to the other um, videos and evidence that comes out, it's going against um, it, it's going against the narrative that the cop was, you know, using excessive force and basically having him not breathe and stuff like that. I mean, even again, when a person is screaming that they cannot breathe, they can breathe. There, there is, there's more questions to the story when you, when you see that. Yeah. But then when the, when the, when the first, or, or uh, when not the first clip, but I guess the second clip, when it goes before the knee on the neck, it brings to light that, he had drugs in his mouth. You can see it. And I believe, you know, maybe he was potentially hiding it. He was acting very erratic. He was very, very hyped up and scared. He was very high. Mm-hmm. And, and so all these issues were coming up and, you know, then it leads to, you know, him going in the car and going out and the knee on the neck. But see, this is where the, um, political kind of divide when it comes to the opinions start start going at war with each other because they want to hold on to that first clip mm-hmm. and you know it's the media that you know is like maybe kind of embarrassed because they were a little too invested into it um it's people that just are generally against police brutality and they want to hold on to that narrative, even though it might be slightly just fucking up their argument with the second clip, which is before the knee went on. And, it, you know, there's a lot of things over at play and stuff like that. So it, it's it, one of the main issues is, is that I feel like most rational people, they will see the second video and they think, okay, maybe this police officer wasn't necessarily in the wrong that much, but it looks really bad. There, there was probably different things that could have been done. There's definitely like some negligence there. There probably should have been um, a better standard operating procedure when it came to the medics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But what did he have some racist or intent to murder this guy? It's starting to not really look like that. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of where this divisive thing is coming in because people are really just standing their ground on both sides, but definitely when it comes to the left and, or I, I wouldn't even say the left, but just like the, the anti-police movement and Black Lives Matter and kind of everything else, they're trying to grasp onto this because it's been a great marketing campaign for their cause Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with all the donations that are coming in for this issue, he is kind of this statue, um, this this brand that has brought value to these groups and companies to push further their agenda. Mm-hmm. So with this, like you were saying, people get this clip, they've already created and made up their mind in their head. Um do you think that in a situation like this where the entire nation knows a case already kind of has their mind made up digging their heels in for whatever their political ideology is, is it possible for him to get a fair trial by jury, do you think? 
Yeah. And, and I'm, I kind of remember some of the things that we were talking about yesterday when it came to it and stuff. So some of the, some of the motivations for jurors, there, there's a lot of motivations when it comes to the jurors. So the lawyers are picking out, they're interviewing them and they're, you know, they're trying to get a well-balanced, well, the prosecutors are trying to get the people who are going to vote to convict this guy and the people who are defending Derek Chauvin, of course. So there's this kind of war that goes into, or this battle that goes in between them. But on the juror side of things, there's a lot of motivations. One, a lot of people are scared because they feel like if they vote to not convict Derek Chauvin um, on uh, on convicting him, um, they they're scared for their family and their personal their well being that they will be tracked down by these people and attacked or something things like that. Also, if anybody has been to jury duty, you don't get a lot of money. You you really don't get anything out of it at all, and it's just a long boring process where you have to kind of like work your ass off a little bit for no money. I think it's like maybe a hundred dollars and like you get one meal a day. And this is like one of the most high profile court cases. And so everybody is saying whatever to these um, uh, attorneys on both sides to try and get out of the case. Mm -hmm. And what the attorneys are doing are actually looking into the social media and just their basic background history because of course they're enticed to get the jurors that they want so yeah. they're they're excluding the ones let's just say the 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 defendants are trying to get rid of all black lives matter people and the um the defendants and then the prosecutors are trying to get rid of all of let's just say second amendment you know first amendment pro police blue lives matter like groups or something like that because they feel like statistically speaking they may vote the other way it shouldn't be like that but that's how it's going on yeah well that gets to the exact root of the problem like you're you're tr trying to exclude people based on their political ideologies cuz you already know everybody has an opinion on this case when they mm -hmm. they hear it and maybe some of the people will be very open and we hope that's what happens in every situation. Yeah. But when you have jurors, like you were saying that they have nothing invested in this, they're, they're coming to do this thing and you've got people on a certain side that will are willing to dox attack, harass people mm -hmm. and the fear going into a case like this to where, you know, it doesn't matter what the evidence says, you know, for a fact that if you say this man is innocent based on the evidence, there's going to be an uprising that things are going to get crazy. And it's very likely that you're going to get docs. People are going to come after you and you're going to get accused of X, Y, Z. Maybe if you're a white mm -hmm. juror and you think he's honestly innocent based on the, the evidence, maybe now you're a racist. Maybe you're an all right Nazi and then you get attacked for all kinds of reasons. So this is like juror intimidation, I think, or mm -hmm. like jury intimidation. And I, I think it, I just don't understand how you can guarantee a fair trial at all in this yeah. situation. I mean, it, it. and another point that I brought up yesterday is back in the 1980s, um, during the um, uh, Pablo Escobar. Um, <laughs> <I heard. laughs> Hello, dum-dum. <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, so back in the uh, 1980s um, era where Pablo Escobar was, you know, basically on the rise or, you know, was just like at his peak, there were jurors and there were judges who literally wore um, these rags over their head to conceal their identities to yeah. do fair trials and not be um, pointed out by the cartel because the them and their family would be killed. It's really sad that we are kind of getting to a point of that's like where it's happening. And maybe we should investigate. Again, I don't have opinion on it because I'm not a huge judici judicial person. And when it comes to the whole process of it, but um, I think we should maybe start exploring on having these sessions a little bit more private when or having more privacy when it comes to the jurors. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of these people that are going to be picked are, are just going to be some of these questionable people who are older and don't, don't have social media and don't necessarily have a, you know, a, any background when it comes to online, they're just going to be these like normal you know, boomers and stuff like that, that really haven't participated online because they're just like against it or just don't want to do it. Do you think that there's a way to, because honestly, if you can make the jurors completely anonymous to the public, it does seem like a more honest way to do it. And maybe it's a bit, I mean, that seems extreme putting bags over people's heads and walking them in. And, and then you're also have them sitting in the courtroom. You'd have to have them out of the room watching from a, a display or something so that nobody sees. Yeah. Them. Like it would be mm -hmm. a challenge, but it does seem like it would be a much more honest way to have a trial. Because personally, if I was on that case or uh, uh, in that trial as a juror, and I sincerely believed he was innocent based on the evidence that came out, I mm -hmm. I would be scared to say innocent because I don't know what the people that you know my life could potentially be in danger. Well, from what I know, is that they don't have a um they don't they go in the room and then they vote and then one person comes out i don't i think maybe one person just kind of like is the yeah. manager they'll, they'll of like have the, the leader that comes out and reads off the verdict but yeah if if the verdict comes innocent it doesn't matter who who was opposed and depending on what the charges are you know in certain trials you have to have a unanimous decision and others, you know, if it's split, it just kind of depends on the, the case. But, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that verdict is, the jury is going to be labeled that from, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that the label is, you know, from yeah. whatever political side disagrees with it. So, yeah, yeah, th this is kind of where I, I get out. Like, I don't know how many votes, but I, I think I think when it comes to murder, I think there is like a majority vote or like a certain percentage of votes or something like that where they um, they have to prove. I, I don't know if you're looking that up right now, but um, uh, oh, I, I, I'm not I, that clever. Yeah, yeah. But but again, it's it's obviously a majority and it, and it has to. It, I believe it has to be, I think it's just over 50%, maybe it's 60%. I'm not 100% sure yeah, that someone good, could, in the comments know. can tell like, us. I know if it's like a, as far as like if death penalty is on the line, it has to be a, unanimous. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, this is murder. So, uh, so yeah. I, that's why I feel like it, it it's over 50, maybe 60% or something like that. You need to get like a little bit over that 50% threshold to, um, get it. But, um, 
you know, what's even sad is even the people who probably voted to convict Chauvin, um, if they have, if they are in the minority, uh, you know, they, they might be, they might be doxxed and they might be harassed or, you know, have their um, lives threatened as well too. You know, it's really a, it's kind of, kind of interesting how things could play out and stuff, but it, it's also just really sad too, that we are kind of living in this central American time where we can't have fair trials. And the only way to do it is just conceal everybody's faces to not get harassed or killed. Yeah. It definitely poses, uh, poses some issues and that, that I don't see that discussion much right now. Maybe we'll see it later because the trial's not set for, uh, I think it's, hmm, for some reason, August is coming to mind, but that seems too, too far. So I, I, I don't know if that's accurate. That might be, that might be for the other, for the other people involved. I can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I want to go back into a little bit of, you know, why, <clears throat> why I think the second degree uh, charges are, are challenging why mm-hmm. opening up to third degree is more uh, more likely to get a conviction and mm-hmm. then you know a little bit more on these different charges so uh, it, as far as the second degrees I think this is there's I, I don't think anybody can show that Chauvin woke up in the morning intentionally planning anything that's why they don't have the first degree on here mm-hmm. even though when this started coming out on social media, you were seeing people say, oh, this is first degree murder, first degree murder. It's like, they, I feel like these people that say that don't actually they understand don't what it takes to, to charge someone. If you want him to go uh, get off with no uh, repercussions, then mm-hmm. do first degree because he will not be charged in first degree. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I saw on Twitter too. And uh, a lot of people were like saying that they made like a, you know, first degree murder now, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And there was a lot of very left, like liberal people saying, a lot of you guys are fucking kids and you guys don't know what you're talking about, but just refer to the Rodney King incident that these people got off. It was clearly police brutality, but they were trying, they overcharged them and they got off scot-free. And and so that's what happens. So if you are smart enough, you need to make sure that the charge fits properly. And sometimes you might need to undercharge a little bit just to make sure that they will actually get some sort of conviction. I know it's kind of like fucked up, but it's a good strategy to undercharge a little bit to where they will actually get convicted. You know, it might not be as long as you want, but there will actually be a better chance of justice mm-hmm. if it's... It, if you're if you're lowballing it a little bit, it, it, you you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think that's the thing that people don't understand. Just because somebody is found innocent doesn't mean they're innocent of the whole crime. It, they're innocent of the charges brought against them. And if you're gonna, well, bring, I think, oh, if, go ahead. If you're gonna bring extreme charges, you better have extreme evidence. Well, I think there is kind of like, if it might be a little conspiratorial and stuff like that, but maybe people want the overcharge so there is more a dramatization over it in America. Like, of course, he's going to get off scot-free, you know, not a first degree or, you know, but even like a second or third degree or something like that. I feel like it's still a tiny bit high. 
for a third degree, but it's definitely like more reasonable and stuff like that. But I feel like, you know, a lot of news stations and a lot of people are banking on it for like the, you know, upcoming riots and things like that. Um, I know other countries are looking forward to it. They want it to happen. And they're probably using, you know, media campaigns online to make sure it happens. Sure. I mean, it's, it's a smart strategy. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm confident that there are people in that group of people that, that want an overcharge so that he's not convicted because they have a lot to gain from that. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't ever, I don't think I would put any majority group in that. And I don't think that the, the leftists and activists or politicians, not all the politicians, at least, I don't think I would, I don't think I can classify anyone in there, but I'm, I'm sure that there are uh, people that do want that. Cause you know, that uh, there Mm-hmm. There are special interests in destruction. There's special interests in dividing people. There's special interests in everything. Yeah, it's foreign countries that want to see us burn with from the inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, but there's also very anti-American groups in the U.S. as well that would love to see nothing better but the downfall of the U.S. I don't know what they're trying to see afterwards, but um, well, there's also groups that are very pro. US, but think that the system is broken. They want to tear down the police system. They want to, you know, maybe it's you. You want to tear down part of the system. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I want, I want to tear down part of the system, but I, but it, when it comes to how I'm doing it, I'm trying to do it in probably the, the least destructive and the least, um, I'm not trying to have any necessarily any conflict when it comes to it. I feel like mine is a lot more rational than going to a violent heated approach. Yeah. It seems like it, it, like I agree, you know, you, again, we were kind of talking about like defunding the police and everything. I am for that. And, and it, it, it might sound funny coming from a very, very right leaning guy and stuff like that. I am definitely for it because I feel like when you have a monopoly when you have a government monopoly when it comes to the security of our of our safety within our nation, I I don't think that's good. I feel like there's no competition and there's no uh, profit motive. But I'm also a believer in profit, and, or um, and I believe profit's a good thing, because mm-hmm. because the most moral and uh, some of the most moral companies who without government inter- intervention um, give us the best products and best services out there. So again, my my theories are somewhat aligned with these groups, but I'm going in a total different direction and a different approach. I'm going kind of from a right approach where they have more a left approach. Yeah. It, it's it's very odd that that they they vote for uh, larger government parties that are for larger government and basically goes for like more spending and things like that but they hate the system. They're, it's, it's weird that they're feeding the system. And I think they're a little misguided and I feel like they can be guided towards a more positive direction, like the direction that I'm going, which is, which is uh, kind of like a little bit more legislative um, approach to basically destructuring um, the federal government. So, yeah. Um, oh, oh, by the way, we're, uh, uh, we won't get into this, but I did mention in a previous podcast with uh, Donna Michaels with the Courageously Broken episode, the, we talked about defunding the police a little bit, and, I meant, and she mentioned the privatizing police, and she responded to that a little bit. It was kind of interesting. 
but I'm not going to go into it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, then, so going down into the second degree murder, um, here where it's important, the murder and the manslaughter, I think this is the murder charge is less likely. The manslaughter is more likely. It's like the further we go down, 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 the more likely these are becoming. So second degree murder yeah. refers to the intentional killing that was not planned beforehand. I just don't see any evidence that while he's with uh, George Floyd, that while he's there, he's intentionally planning on killing him. Like he's losing his temper and, and, and it's like, okay, now I'm committing this act of murder and goes through with it. For me, I don't see that. What I what I do see, and where we start to, you know, get some some more steam, is with this manslaughter charge, second degree manslaughter. It involves the unlawful killing, but without any evil intention. Mm-hmm. So, negligence, maybe. Um, and, and this yeah. that that also falls in. You start blurring the line with third degree when you get into negligence as well, because there is a, a level of intent with negligence. Are you? intentionally being negligence which accidentally causes a murder or mm-hmm. are you completely just misguided you you you're not realizing your negligence and it mm-hmm. causes a death i mean and and what you just said are, are you misguided i mean again in some aspects i mean you know he was misguided just because he says he can't breathe well you know, when you're repeating, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. You can breathe, it, you know, it just for us, you know, who have like, you know, some experience when it comes to fighting, definitely you more. Um, when you're choked out, so, you know, speaking of wrestling, when you're choked out, you're choked out, you cannot, you have, you know, maybe 10 to 15 seconds where you're going to start fading away mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he, you know, just kept consistently saying it. So he, in the mind of the police officer, again, I, I, I'm not in his brain, but I'm just assuming kind of putting myself in that position, dealing with a bunch of other criminals trying to say and do whatever to get away, to get, give some leniency towards the situation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was probably like, okay, here's just another one, just trying to, you know, say some shit to you know get up get off or get away or you know have some leniency and stuff like that um and you know maybe he was following you know um procedures uh when it comes to the knee on the neck i I, um i'm hearing that they're taking away some of that um i i I had the idea saying you know why don't you just handcuff the uh ankles as well too while he's on the ground you really can't move if you're handcuffed on with your hands behind your back and you're handcuffed by your ankles as well. I mean, you would be just inch warming away. That would be like the only thing that you can do and stuff like that. But again, this is all in hindsight, you know, you can't, Yeah, it, it's, it's done. So yeah. we're just going to play with what we have in hand. But again, you know, he was on drugs, you know, he had all these things again, it was probably, it, I feel like this is kind of heading towards more just like of a minor negligence. He should have had, I don't even know when, when did the ambulance show up? Because if the ambulance showed up, you know, he called, he said he was acting, saying he was acting delusional and paranoid. How Mm -hmm. soon after did the paramedics come and was it, did he follow standard operating procedure? Again, if he followed 
everything that he was trained to Mm -hmm. and he called the medics he was like okay maybe this guy might be on drugs or something like that and he did everything by the book Mm -hmm. well i i rewatched it today so like you're saying first of all they put him in the car he's he's resisting he's struggling uh, mm-hmm. The police are being nice to him. You can so on. There's different angles of cameras and whatnot. Uh, the police are being pretty nice to him verbally. Uh, mm-hmm. They're giving him the opportunity to say what he's saying. They're saying, "Hey, we'll put the window down for you. We'll do this because he doesn't want to get in the car." Resisting, he's yelling. He can't breathe. He's claustrophobic. This is something that police see every single day. And so when you mm-hmm. see something every single day, like we've all watched the TV show Cops, we've all seen the things that they're dealing with. Uh, it happens every day. It's, it's not something new. So when somebody's yelling, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Okay, well, this is just another guy on drugs. You even hear the police saying, hey, what are you on, man? What are you on, man? In the mm. background a couple times. And uh, every, every single, not every single person, a lot of the people that they're, they're trying to arrest are giving them excuses, making up reasons why, oh, I don't want to get in the car because of this or ow, you're hurting me when I'm handcuffing or, oh, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. It's nothing new. And as you said, if you can't breathe, you can't talk. If anyone doesn't know this, I'm not recommending you getting choked, but maybe go to a place in a safe environment or a school, a jujitsu school where somebody can do it properly, have them choke you and try to yell out, I can't breathe. You can't mm-hmm. do it. And if it's a blood yeah. choke, you're going to go out immediately. Yeah. And usually, usually brain, in those cases... Out. I, I will I will um, push back a tiny bit on it because I used to have very 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 bad anxiety. I, I don't. And this was during college, so I don't know if you're you were around when I was having it, but I had an extremely bad case of anxiety and stuff like that. And um, I kept relieving. I had this like little PTSD where my uh, I thought my blood sugar was like just basically plummeting. And I was like losing all energy and stuff. And I felt like I couldn't like breathe. I could, but I had this like very, very bad post-traumatic like anxiety stuff. So I have some sympathy. Again, his was more drug induced from, from what I understand. And he also had an art heart issue. So a lot of things like factors. So his is a little bit different, but I do have some sympathy to the argument that he couldn't breathe and mm-hmm. I could breathe as well. So mm-hmm. it wasn't an oxygen issue. It was just mentally speaking, I was having this negative, weird, euphoric, whatever you want to call it, event, which was causing me to panic and overthink things and elevate like my heart rate and stuff like that. And so Mm-hmm. How he was feeling and what was going through him was causing him to be scared. But as we see, he had a lot of fentanyl and he had a lot of other issues going on with it, which turned out to be the case. My yeah. thing, if a cop was doing that, yeah, I probably would have panic, but I would be fine, you know, at, you know, after it and stuff like yeah. that. So his heart mixed with the drugs was the 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 killer uh, mm-hmm. essentially so yeah. so yeah we're opening a lot of doors i do want to go back and get all of these so i'm gonna i i want to in a minute i want to go back to the procedure that you had mentioned but just mm-hmm. as far as on the medical side like uh 
yeah, everybody's going to react differently. So it's not fair that we say, oh, well, he's saying I can't breathe. Breathe is making excuses. He might not have been able to breathe. And he probably couldn't. He was probably he was he was ha- ha- having the onset of uh, his cardiac arrest. Like mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure he couldn't breathe. His heart was going out of control with the amount of fentanyl that was in his system. Mm-hmm. So we see that. Uh, they did call in medical support because he's yelling, he can't breathe. So they did call it in and mm-hmm. then, but it was a non-emergency call. My guess for this is they encounter it all the time. I can't breathe. I can't breathe by procedure. They have to mm-hmm. make a call that's okay. We'll get the medics here. You can't breathe. You're speaking. So in their mind, they're thinking, well, he can breathe, but he's probably on drugs. Let's get the med mm-hmm. team here to check on him, make sure he's okay. A couple minutes later, it was upgraded to an emergency call. And I don't know what the purpose for that was. I don't know the exact timeline on when they called. If that was once he went unconscious, they upgraded it to emergency. Or if it upgraded it to emergency before that. I'm I'm not sure on that timeline. But mm-hmm. the medics did arrive shortly after that. And then the follow-up arrived later, which there's some controversy in that as well. Because the police didn't relay the information properly to the second team that arrived so that they could get to him where he, where he was at that time mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. him the appropriate medical attention. Yeah. So maybe a little bit of negligence in that area as well. Um, yeah. But again, it's, it's, it, it's really hard to prove that there was in like, there intended, was like intense. Yeah. And yeah. on the negligence. Yeah. So, and, and maybe you say, well, you know, ignorant, ignorance cannot be a justification for that sort of, negligence because you're a police officer you're trained in what to do if you don't follow the guidelines that tell you how to relay the information to this med team that negligence is beyond what ignorance can justify like, mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah um, yeah yeah so then let's go back into the procedure um mm-hmm. first of all they took him out of the car because he was fighting them and refusing to stay in the car. And he repeatedly said, I want to put me on the ground, put me on the ground. They said, okay, they pull him out. And I think when they pulled him out, there's a bit of a struggle because when I was looking over the autopsy report, there was some damage to his, he was bleeding on the lip. He had some damage on a little bit on his face and head. So it seems so like maybe think when they, they like slammed him down or something. They, yeah. I think they may have aggressively pulled him out, slammed him on the ground. And it, the, the video isn't clear. You kind of see him coming out and it looked like maybe when they pulled him out, maybe he had just kind of landed on his head. Maybe they didn't support his arms properly when they're, cause he's handcuffed and he can't catch himself. Um, so mm-hmm. within that struggle, then you're, you know, maybe there's some more. He was a big guy. He's a really big guy. Mm-hmm. He like compared to the police officers that was there, he was a foot taller than all of them. Yeah. And then when you're yeah. on so many different substances, which I'll get into a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's a struggle. Maybe and dealing, if, even if he just fell, even dealing with dead weight, that's a lot of weight, man. Like mm-hmm. uh, he, he, he's, uh, he's probably just as tall as my uncle. My uncle's really, really, really tall black man. Very, very big, wide guy and stuff. He's a, a, a police officer um, and uh, just big, big guy and stuff like that. Derek Chauvin's like my height. I know I'm bigger than the Asian guy. The Asian guy was pretty short, but Derek Chauvin is like relatively like my height, five nine, you know, ish, mm-hmm. give or take. <laughs> if my uncle just collapsed, fuck, I would just let him drop to the floor because he's probably gonna break my arm or break my leg, like me trying to like, <laughs> you know, catch that guy and stuff like that. And 
you know, with the amount of drugs and stuff, you don't know what's going to happen and stuff yeah. like that. But, but yeah, even, even wrestling him to the ground, if there was resistance and stuff like that, that's a tough, that's a big, tough guy to, yeah. you know, take down. Yeah. So <clears throat> as far as a procedure, I think, you know, he wouldn't stay in the car. They take him out they put him on the ground. And then we get into some foggy ground with the knee. Now their procedure says, uh, let me pull this up real quick. Procedure in Minnesota says that if a, sorry, one second. It says, gosh, dang it. The neck restraint may be used against a subject who is actively resisting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. And speaking with Donna from that courageously broken episode, I asked her about police regulations and what they're taught to do. It's control the head. If you control the head, the body will fall, which is, you know, true. And that's what they teach them. So they also as a perp who is resisting, even though he's handcuffed, he was resisting. So control mm-hmm. the head and use the neck restraint. Once he's yeah. there, now we get into debate, like how long he needed to stay there. Okay, so mm-hmm. whether you d- agree or disagree with the policy of neck restraints, that's what he's trained to do. So if you're going to use that in the trial and say, oh, he shouldn't have done this, it's like, well, okay, well, he's following the code that tells him to do it. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it's almost, it throws any intentional thing out, like he purposely put the knee here just because of XYZ reason he doesn't like uh, Floyd. Mm-hmm. If, if that makes sense um yeah he's doing what he's trained to do and you'll see it on many episodes of cops which i i mentioned before mm-hmm. um so as far as the second degree and i think he's following procedure i don't think there's any evidence that he had ill intent prior to any of this situation and it it, it it seems like it pushes it all the way down to where that third degree is where we have to go. Mm -hmm. Um, So getting to the third degree in Minnesota, it even becomes a little bit blurry because you'd think, okay, third degree, let's go on this definition that I said before. Someone can be accused of third degree murder if they unintentionally cause someone's death while committing a dangerous act. It's like, okay, was this dangerous? Well, it's procedure, Mm, dangerous, it's foggy. But then we go into the Minnesota code what is uh, a third degree murder charge in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. The unintentional killing of another through an eminently dangerous act, which I just mentioned, committed with a depraved mind and without regard for human life. I think this makes it very blurry because if we go in, you know, what exactly is depraved? Mm-hmm. It's marked by corruption or evil. So even with this definition, you have to say that Derek Chauvin had a corrupt, evil intent in his mind that he didn't care about George Floyd's life and mm-hmm. through his actions led to his death. Yeah, and again, it's just like, how are you going to get in someone's head when it comes to it? You know, um, it, the only, I feel like what would definitely help uh, Floyd with, or, you know, their, their team is if Chauvin had like a really shady background when it came to excessive force. 
Yeah, well, he's been he's had 17 complaints, I, I guess. But uh, I was reading that they're not allowed to bring that up during the trial because it's oh. past actions. They're not they're not allowed to mention that he has a history of violence or anything. Well, how I mean, he's been yeah, in but how police shootings and he uh, one there was a fatality. Hmm. But how how many complaints? I mean, I feel like police officers get complained about all the time. Is 17 a lot? Is I mean, because, you know, they're 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 probably running into, you know, like 10, 15 people a day or something like that. You yeah, know, you don't think you're going to get I was in. Well, like, what is the average complaints against a police officer? Like, what is the average number? Because the media can just say, oh, he's had 17 issues in the past. But it's like, mm-hmm. what are those issues where they complaints against you know, like, well, what was it? There's just there's just so many so much gray area. Yeah, because when you hear oh. 17, you're just like, oh, geez, you know, that's that's not really good. But it, it, again, you're dealing with people who don't want to be arrested, who, you know, majority of them have like committed a crime and then need to go to jail and stuff like that. And they're going to probably have some type of complaint against them or something like that. Or maybe he was just being an asshole one day and he got a bunch of complaints, you know, like who knows. But like, I feel like 17 is pretty low if you are dealing with the arrest and writing out tickets to, I'll just say seven to 10 to maybe 15 like people a day. You don't think you're going to get one at least a week. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like that's a stretch, but again, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a lot, but I, I just, I'm just imagining me being a police officer even, even when I feel like I have, I would be much more relaxed you know, compared to a lot of these other officers, I fuck, I would never give anybody a ticket unless if they like are doing something like really bad and stuff like that. I would just be, mm-hmm. Oh, you're on 72. Fuck it. I go it all the time and stuff like that. I feel like I'd still would get complaints about how I act. I don't know. I feel like it's inevitable almost. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I mean, hopefully when they list that off, I mean, I don't trust the media for my life, but I'm hoping when they're, when people are pointing out these 17 prior incidents, those are the 17 with merit. Like that those are on the, his record for a specific purpose and that not every complaint that he's gotten, it, it seems impossible. And his whole career, he's only had 17 people complain about him. Just, and how long was he caught for? It was like five not, years or six years or something like that. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I want to assume that it was, 17 complaints with merit that shows said he had does have a bit of a history of being rough with people or else it's pointless to say 17 um he derek chauvin was a police officer for 19 years that's nothing that's yeah, that's complaints one complaint every year and a half i get or you know one every that as a teacher from like <laughs> what i get more complaints <laughs> being a teacher <laughs> 19 years and 17 complaints that's that's pretty ah that's that's nothing that's less than one complaint a year 0.7.85 complaints yeah and imagine in a year how many people he encounters so so yeah like i'm saying i just hope that that 17 it's like those were maybe 17 he looked like he he was like a patrolman Mm -hmm. like it it, like I, i i don't know why he was acting like a patrolman i feel like after 19 years he would have been like a detective or you know i something a little higher up maybe well maybe, maybe he just he's had a history of 
complaints. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, but I feel like, yeah, after 19 years and stuff, you would probably you'd have like a minimum of 50 complaints or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, I, again, I, I, what, what does a complaint, how far does the complaint have to be? Just saying like, oh, he, he said, fuck you to me. <laughs> or is it just like, or, you know, I, I mean, what's the severity of it? It's like he, oh, he was being an asshole one day, or was it like, oh, he kicked me while I in the face while I was in handcuffs? Like, <laughs> it's a big I, middle ground. Like, a, no, right. I know, but you know what I'm saying is just like, what, what is the minimum, and then like, what is like kind of the maximum before it turns into criminal? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, yeah. what's the, what's the range of complaints? Because it'd be like, oh, he was screaming at me while he was writing me a ticket because I went 15 over the speed limit. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a complaint. Like, not good, but not bad, really. You know, whatever he wrote, he wrote you a ticket and he yelled at you, get over it. Yeah, definitely the context matters. Yeah. So uh, going into it, uh, digging in a little bit more to this third degree, I I have changed my mind. And this, you know, this is something that oh. we see on the different, on the left and the right, it seems like. And I am saying left, I'm talking about leaders activists and not kind the, of the, 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 the big, average the, like, celebrity the, the celebrity yeah. left let's yeah say the that. people with voices it seems yeah. like on the left hey i have a voice are you talking about me no you don't have a voice <laughs> <laughs> i'm cutting you off I'm, this is only me now but <laughs> you've been censored <laughs> yeah uh yeah it the seems predominant like, le- left yeah. yeah those the people on the left uh that i just classified they don't seem willing to change their opinion based on evidence. So yesterday you and I talked about this for a while and I was pretty mm-hmm. by the end concluded what my opinion was. I looked up a little bit more stuff after we talked and even now I changed my opinion again. So I'm going to give my new opinion on what I think the outcome of this is okay. uh, based on what, what Chauvin did. But you see on the right with all of these cases that have been coming out over the last several years, let's wait for evidence. Let's wait for evidence. Everything. Even when it's, you know, Cuomo who's going under through all these sexual allegations, you still see people on the right who really dislike him saying, okay, these sound really bad, but let's wait for the evidence. Make sure let's not crucify him before we, we, Mm, okay go on i guess i I guess it depends which people you're listening to. I could, I could argue with the, but yeah, go on, go on. But it doesn't matter what evidence is coming out. Like we said at the very beginning, you've got that clip and people made up their mind. CNN's not going to come on and say, oh, you know what? Based on this new evidence, we're going to say, you know, maybe he, the police were He's not, not guilty or something. You're yeah, not yeah. going to see any people that were bailing out rioters and the, the bailout fund on the left changing their mind based on evidence. They, they don't do it. They, they, put out a narrative at the start and they stick to it. Mm-hmm. So something that I did, I was, I went and I rewatched the video because I haven't seen it in a long time. I couldn't, couldn't remember exactly. And I wanted both or to, just the initial one. I watched a few different ones. So I, there's some different angles. I watched the early one. I watched the okay. one and then uh, some cell phone camera ones as well. Okay. And my problem is where I can see them getting some second degree intent is towards the end, he's yelling he can't breathe, he can't breathe, which he clearly can breathe, but then he stops moving. 
and he yeah he, he's like drooling pretty much yeah he's unconscious yeah. and i don't think that shaman's knee a lot of pressure on him which oh you know we didn't even get into the autopsy yet but yeah that's uh, fine we'll give him the uh you know the autopsy showed there was no neck damage so that goes along with the narrative that no, he's not actually, or doesn't go along with the narrative that he was choking him. Okay, there's no mm-hmm. neck damage. So, but whether or not he's putting a lot of pressure on him with that particular knee, he goes unconscious. And when he's mm-hmm. unconscious, that's what I was talking about earlier. I don't know the timeline of when they actually made the medical calls. Once he went unconscious, is that when they upgraded it to emergency? If they did upgrade it to an emergency at that time, and they know it's an emergency, why is he still got his knee on his neck? Why doesn't he get up? One of the officers asks, should we roll mm-hmm. him over? And Chauvin says, no, he keeps him on the ground with the knee on him. While even when the medical team shows up, he keeps the knee on him until the medical team comes over or the medics come over and say, okay, let him up. And then they roll him over. That's uh, my big problem. Why is he okay, staying can, on? Can I, st- can I stop you there? Yeah. Okay, This this is just from my personal experience and this is where i will push you back a little bit mm-hmm. and this this is I, literally as you're talking about this this is the best example i could come up with why he would do this again i'm not arguing for his justification but this is what happened so when i was working in construction this was my first year in college and i think it was like over the summer i got electrocuted i got electrocuted like pretty badly and I was feeling very off and very weird. So I got sent over to the emergency room over at uh, Harborview. Mm-hmm. While I was in there, I was in there for a long time. And I was just like feeling like shit. There is this woman. And I don't know if she was in a wheelchair. Maybe she was in a chair or something like that. But she was clearly a woman who was trying to get drugs, mm-hmm. right? she basically faked a um, a seizure um, right in front of me. And I was freaking out, right? Because, you know, <clears throat> I, I haven't seen, you know, a lot of seizures like in my lifetime. I've seen like a handful and stuff like that. But she was clearly freaking out and just going crazy and just like stumbling all over the floor and stuff. It looked, you know, somewhat legit and stuff like that. Yeah. The nurse literally sitting on the desk, she'd be like, just staring. Are you, are you done, Nancy? Are you done? Mm-hmm. And literally, like, two minutes later, she just, like, sat up and just, like, sat down. Like, she knew, like, she got caught. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not trying to, like, make these comparisons, but, it, it you know, this woman was, it, it, this woman, like, yeah, was just, like, passed out, acting like she just had, like, had a seizure and stuff like that. You know, I can see how these public... You know, people who deal with like emergency situations like that are thinking to themselves, like when he was passed out, is like, it's just bullshitting or something like that. Like, this has happened to me before. Again, I'm not giving any credence to him doing that because obviously what that action was was wrong. But I've seen this before played out over in the hospitals where people are playing again. You know, the nurses and the doctors and the police officers, they kind of overlap on some of the things that they experience and see. And so it doesn't surprise me from the things that you're telling me that he might be ignoring it a little bit because it happens a lot. 
And for anybody that's over in like an emergency room hospital, they see a lot of crazy wacky stuff that they just ignore because they know that a majority of the people are lying to have their benefit. Well, for the hospital, it's drugs. And for, um, you know, criminal it's leniency when it comes to their impending charges. Mm -hmm. And that that very well could be, I mean, like we said, we can't see, we can't read his mind. We don't know what he's thinking at the time. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, you, you hear people in the background yelling, check his pulse, check his pulse, bro. He's, he's not moving. He's unconscious, mm-hmm. check his pulse. And I guess at that time you'd say, okay, even if they checked his pulse, he would have had a pulse because he, he didn't, uh, he, he didn't die in that moment. They wrote about, no. they, they took him away. So even if they checked his pulse, it's like, okay, yeah, he's breathing. He, it, it just, it, it looks really bad that, mm-hmm. So let's say he was faking. If he took the pressure off and then right when he got the pressure, he tried to squirm and get up, even though he's handcuffed or something, it would be like, oh, okay, well, Mm -hmm. that's why we would know. Okay, well, that's why you keep pressure on him so that they don't have the opportunity to do it. He would go and assault or grab his gun or something like that, right? They let up and suddenly he rolls into traffic and gets ran over by a car, like you said. Yeah. It's like now now the family's suing, like, why, why weren't that he was in supposed to be under your uh supervision and mm-hmm. you didn't you just do let him roll into the street and kill himself or yeah 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 whatever and then it, yeah codes turned against him and it's like hey they say when you've got a person that's re- resisting you're supposed to use this procedure and you're supposed to mm-hmm. keep them down so it can be used against him in that way and i know maybe we're getting a little bit picky or like making e- excuses for him but i mean these are all real it, it is a realistic thing that's i'm you know, this can, these sort of things can happen. So mm-hmm. just trying to open all the I, doors. I feel like the, the, the socially left and the socially right, you know, that are like pitted against us. I feel like we should just like flip a coin and just be like, all right, you guys had Rodney King. <laughs> we'll take George Floyd or something like that. Just like, just make these deals. It's just done with the news are like, no, 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 no. They're trying to create more of a pain. Be like, no, they just, we dealt it with it. They got George Floyd. They had, you know, they won um, Rodney King and stuff like that. We're good. We're good. You can find a way to get everyone to agree to that. That'd be pretty (laughs) impressive. All right. The next police brutality, you got yours. So you better pick wisely because the next (laughs) one. (laughs) Yeah. That would be simple. It would be a bit like, I I feel, yeah, I feel bad for the families and, you know, give them a little severance package and stuff. And I don't know. It's just. So, it would make uh, things a lot better. I, I'm not saying that's the right solution, but it, things would be dramatically better. They just flip a coin and they're just like, okay, you win this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it'd be a lot better than fighting and tearing apart a nation for a whole year. And then who knows what kind of. Yeah. What broken family can, can, can definitely like, you know, one broken family, you know, oh, you know, the cops like wrongly accused of murder. Okay. But all the businesses are still up and there's less insurance claims. I could see kind of a thing that works out like that. Oh, and, oh, and as a side note, we can mention, uh, what is it yesterday or the day before they, uh, the Floyd family got a $27 million settlement. So, yeah. 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 That, that, that was crazy. That might heal a little bit of their pain. Maybe. Well, I don't know. Your pain. I would be fine with, Twenty-seven thousand. Okay, <laughs> I should. <that's> I mean, <laughs> I'll take twenty-seven thousand, but twenty-seven million is a lot cooler. 
That, well, no, yeah, but that—that's a lot of money. I, it, have you ever heard of a settlement that big? Do you think OJ paid out that much? I don't know. I mean, OJ's paid a lot of money, but I don't—I don't know. I haven't looked at them, but that's yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, that's so, twenty-seven million. It's a lot. Um. Anyway, so with the uh, with the on the neck thing, I. I think that's going to be their biggest move into biggest the autopsy the case with, with once he's unconscious, he stayed on the neck. And mm-hmm. I think that's the case right there is that right there is the negligence. Yeah. But like, but you have to move into the autopsy now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's the other problem here. So when we get into the autopsy, autopsy, I've got it pulled up. All right. So, yeah, going into the autopsy, uh, here's the thing that's really annoying to me. If you go and you were to Google uh, autopsy report for George Floyd, you're going to get mm-hmm. a lot of different articles. And you're going to see one of the first things. So one of, uh, let's see if I still have this open. <clears throat> one of the first things that you're going to see is reports about both autopsies found that it was homicide, which directly contradicts what the report says. And I'm not really sure where they're getting into this information because then I go into other articles that are uh, from, you know, different uh, outlets. And for example, the family of George Floyd has hired. So it it contradicts it because why did they hire they have two autopsies because they had the state autopsy. The Floyd family did was not happy with what that one found, which contradicts the idea that both of them found that homicide was the reason. And so then they hired the second autopsy. So here it says the family of George Floyd has hired their own pathologist for a separate autopsy after the official results claimed he did not die of strangulation or asphyxiation. So I don't know what these other outlets are saying that both autopsies found the same result. It's just inaccurate. So now mm-hmm. I'm going to go into the state autopsy. That was the uh, the original one that was done. Oh, shoot. One moment. Okay, so blunt force injuries. He had the uh, uh, blunt force injury on the forehead, face, upper lip, injury on the lip, Injuries of the shoulders, hands, elbows, and legs, and contusions on the wrists, which would be from the handcuffs. So any of that could have happened when they were doing the struggle, pulling him out of the vehicle, like we had said earlier. Um, It goes down through his natural diseases. Uh, There's another second category, it said natural diseases, and it talks Mm -hmm. about how he has heart disease, uh, hypertension, uh, Mm -hmm. pelvic tumor, just the things that he has which opens the door to, okay, he has heart disease and we're going to see in that's a moment very common among African-Americans a tremendous amount of drugs in his system. So we go down here to three, three, no life threatening injuries identified, no facial oral or con, uh, conjunctival, uh, uh, well, some big words. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, the point is no life threatening injuries, um, no injuries, of interior muscles of the neck or the larynx, the 
larynx area, basically. Yeah. No scalp or soft tissue, skull or brain injuries. So mm-hmm. these injuries that they're talking about before, those contusions that he has, it's all external. There's not any serious damage done to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, no injuries to his chest, rib, uh, no fractures, incisions, nothing like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it goes into viral testing. Uh, and then here we get toxicology. This is the big problem. So when I'm saying that it opens the door when, when he's unconscious, why didn't he get off him? That's the negligent part. But if he had not been on all these drugs, none of that would have mattered. When, when is the response? How do I say this? When does the negligence really come into play? Because, for example, if he had not taken these drugs, he wouldn't have gone unconscious to cause the negligence to happen. Mm -hmm. But then you say, okay, but the fact is he did take these drugs and he did go unconscious and he didn't take his knee off. So I I get that argument as well. Like, where, where do you think the negligence comes in? Is there any? on that or, or maybe i should go through the, what's what's in his system first and then answer that question so the toxicology fentanyl uh nor nor fentanyl some i don't know what this for a n n a n p p and then methamphetamine hydroxy delta uh cotein positive and, and caffeine some of those i i don't know what those are okay but mm-hmm. the fentanyl alone there was enough fentanyl alone in the system to kill him. Yeah. So these other things just adding it on. So you have that fentanyl that can kill him. And then on top of that, you add methamphetamine. Okay. There's a deadly combination. And then all these other things that I'm not, I don't know much about them. Plus he has a heart condition. Can they even get the third degree charge with this information, even with him not getting off his neck when he's unconscious? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, you know, kind of thinking about it and stuff like that, I feel like the third degree charge is just kind of more of a PR stunt than anything else. Like, you know, when I think about it, I, you know, the more I kind of get into it and the more I talk about it, I'm just like trying to figure out how they can get them on these charges and stuff like that. And the more we talk about it, it's like, you know, that, um, Derek Chauvin's um, lawyers are just literally going to be like, look at the fentanyl. There's the case like right there. Obviously they're going to go more into it. They can pull up examples of, well, I don't know what's uh, what they're allowed to do, but I would imagine they can pull up numerous examples of people dying on fentanyl with far less fentanyl in their system. Yeah. I mean, they they probably have a, uh... that it just, I don't know. It makes it tough. Yeah, they're probably going to have scientists, um, you know, that's on their side to point out that, you know, it, I don't know what kind of scientists you would have and some toxicologists or something like that come in and say that, yeah, they, uh, this, he died because of this, um, he had this much in his system, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, with the knee and all the other things, if he didn't have those drugs in his system, he probably would still be alive today. I mean, that's what I imagine 
one of the toxicologists is probably going to say, you know, defending um, Derek Chauvin. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's what, what I, you know, would assume, I mean, that's, that's their best defense. And that's kind of, you know, what I feel like you and I are kind of leaning towards. It's just like, if he didn't have the drugs, you know, maybe he would still be alive. Maybe it is just like the heart thing, but again, with the drugs and the heart and everything else, it's, it's just tough. Again, I, I have much sympathy for, you know, the family. And I feel like this, this whole situation is just, it's just a circus in itself, but it's just, it's so fucked up on many levels for both sides that, you know, I, I, I want to believe, you know, dearly that Derek Chauvin was just doing his job and he was just following standard operating procedures. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I wish George Floyd was alive and I wish that things would have played out differently, but Mm -hmm. they just did. And, you know, it's caused so much damage, you know, just with everything. And the P the, the perpetrators who are, you know, really firing this up is the media generally speaking and the, the influencers um, on social media. Um, It's, it's just a horrific thing. I, I believe you know, people could believe two things at once that, uh, that what happened was a tragedy. And at the same time, it wasn't necessarily his fault for what happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't want, you know, anybody really to die. I don't want anybody to, um, but I don't, at the same time, I don't want anybody to be wrongly accused of something when they're just doing their job, especially as uh, something as dangerous as being a police officer. It's a really tough job, especially right now when everybody hates cops Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think another thing that plays into this, it's a bit strange. You have one autopsy that's saying there's, a, you know, no damage to the throat, no issues, cannot find mm-hmm. anything. And then the other one is saying, oh, this was from asphyxiation. Sorry, I can't say that word yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. But um, so depending on what side of the fence you're on, obviously, if you think that it was that, uh, Chauvin is guilty, you're going to go with that autopsy. And if you think that he isn't, you're going to go with the state autopsy. So that's mm. another thing that's, that's weird. I don't understand how you can have two people that are supposed to be professionals in the field and they, they can find such different results. That makes me like doubt that entire profession. Or Political motivations, pre- public pressure, yeah. you know? I mean, oh, that's the, no. those are some examples I could think on top of my head, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It, it makes me question things because I don't know enough about it to dive into it and, and say, oh, well, mm-hmm. what this uh, person said was wrong because of blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... Sorry. Time stamping things? Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Nice. I'm trying to get better at this because it will save me like a ton of time. Yeah. All right. Um, shoot. So we went through the autopsy and then uh, there was something I wanted to get into from this. What was it? Crap. I can't remember. There's one more thing. Um, fudge. We, we just said something that tied into it too. This is a way harder um, doing a podcast after we already did it. Cause like yeah. a lot of the, 
like good points that we were making in, in conversations. It's like trying to remember, oh yeah, we said this yesterday. Like you'll say stuff and I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember we talked about this thing connected to that and I want to remember it. So I'm trying to th- remember to think to go back to that thing. Yeah. And it makes me lose track of like the natural flow of the conversation. So much harder for me to do. Mm-hmm. Like I've lost my train of thought so many times. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like everything's going fine so well, but yeah, we are just kind of like stopping or like, okay, what else? Yeah. Um, there was, there was something there was. I mean, I remember the last question where it was just like, yeah, I was going to get into that. The very, I guess we can jump into the last one. Um, I, I could still keep going on. We're talking about just whatever subject. Um, we were talking about co- lockdowns, coronavirus. We talked about like kind of like a lot of stuff, but yeah, we left out, which which is strange because we, we got in. We must have because we're over what we did yesterday, but there was a lot of stuff we left out. But I guess at the beginning we kind of added stuff in. I think our mm-hmm. the beginning of our one yesterday was a lot better because I think I I dove into it too quickly without giving an outline of why we were talking about it on the beginning. Of yeah. The, um, <clears throat> anyway, so let's see. 120. All right. So, <clears throat> so based on, I guess the kind of the outcome of what we talked about, we've got, as far as evidence goes, he, they come, they, they arrest him. He doesn't want to be in the car. He resists arrest. He gets put on the ground. He says he wants to be on the ground. The police are being pretty friendly with their words. Chauvin puts the knee <clears throat> on his sorry <clears throat> on his neck uh, for quite a while. He goes unconscious, doesn't take it off. He's loaded up with fentanyl and methamphetamine in his system. He ends up dying on, the, let's just go with the lowest charge <clears throat> with the third degree murder. Do you think, uh, do you think that they'll be able to get a conviction? I was thinking about yesterday. Um, I don't know. It kind of depends on the jurors and it just kind of depends on the political pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think. No, I don't. Why not? But What about you? Uh, I think be- because of the narrative that's already been spun, the evidence doesn't matter as much in this case. And I think that no matter what is shown during that trial, I think that there's going to be a conviction. I so, wouldn't put my money on it. So I, I, I'll answer that. But yeah, I wouldn't put my money on it. I, I think it's really lose-lose because if they do show the evidence that you know something comes out or it does make it clear and he's guilty, actually, I would like that the most it's kind of sounds bad to say like i want him to be convicted and found to have evidence but as far as the health of the country it'd be better if they found good evidence or made a really good argument that convinced the juries that mm-hmm. he was guilty just to limit the repercussions from him being uh found innocent if, if that makes sense because yeah. if he's found well, innocent all hell is going to break loose. It's going to be insane. And like we talked about on the other podcast with the secret history, the uh, secret campaign to save the 2020 election, we already know that there are people, there are higher ups that are coordinating these riots. And that one message goes out when it's time to riot, 
and they're going to go for it. And that I mm-hmm. guarantee that that stuff's already mobilizing, that if Chauvin is found innocent, all hell is going to break or loose. It's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. So I do think the evidence doesn't matter as much in this case. I think the jury, some of them are going to have made up their minds early. And I, I, I think there will be some sort of conviction. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. Even if it's third degree, I bet even third degree, there's still going to be riots because people are going to say this is injustice. This should be a second degree, even though there, I don't think there's the evidence that you can put on a second degree. I never thought about that, but yeah, that, I mean, that could be a thing. Um, I mean, obviously you live in an area where you really don't need to worry about it. Have you, you know, actually I have a question for you. Have you seen much George Floyd talk or protest when it comes to your area? There's not really a lot of black not people in Macau, I'm assuming. Not protest, but a lot of people ask me about it. So like, uh, so they ask you directly yeah, because you're an American, of course. Yeah. So like I would go to school and I've had during the 2020 time, because we've been in school basically the whole time. Yeah. China, full-time school, America, limited. School. No time school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it depends on the state. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people actually came up to me and they're like, oh, how's your country doing? Like they're implying this because it's going crazy and writing. <laughs> they're talking to you like it's your drunk uncle. Like, oh, how's he doing? Oh, yeah. I've heard some rough things about him lately. Yeah. And then uh, I had some come up and ask me like what I thought of the George Floyd thing or what I thought of the police or I've had some teachers ask me why police are uh, so racist. I've had students come to me and say, oh, Mr. Brent, why uh, why do police always kill black people in America? And it's like, this is ridiculous. Oh, no. I don't time to get into this and I'm, I can't go st- through statistics. And I'm not going to push my politics on kids. I'm there to teach them how to think, not what to think. So it's yeah i wish that all teachers would take that mentality and not try to force their beliefs on kids but yeah a lot of people have come up to me and, and talked to me about it but as far as actual riots and anything like that or protests no i haven't seen anything like that just mm. curiosity really because mm, they have access i mean they they where i'm at they could get all the media sources that i get because i find a way to get them so they could do it i use a vpn for some stuff but um Mm -hmm. you know they could get access to it but for the most part people around the world see the major outlets which is all basically all left-wing media so whatever that Mm -hmm. narrative is that's what people approach me with Mm -hmm. i see yeah i'm I'm really curious how other cultures like see it do they really even care or or do they just ignore it you know i will say the, the foreigners the other uh like other foreigners in this area that bring it up to me, the majority of them have a lot more knowledge about what's going on. Um, Interesting. Than like the average American. Like if I was to talk to, I can start up a conversation with, you know, like a, an Aussie and they they generally will know more about the accurate details of what's going on and that know the statistics and be like, you know, I've had some of them ask questions about stuff as well. And mm-hmm. it's like they actually have knowledge behind their questions. Like, you know, why why is this the narrative when the stats don't support it, or why does your media do this? It's well, well, do you think when they get their information and then they display it through like uh, 
your example of the Australian media, they have, a, they're, um, they're a little less biased when it comes to it. Be like, oh, currently right now, you know, this George Floyd thing, this happened, the autopsy happened. They kind of just give general. Do you feel like, I mean, you would the, think that they would do that because they don't have the same motivations in the U S and that, that, that news outlets in the U S have. Yeah. So I would assume it would be a more honest portrayal, but I, don't, I honestly don't know anything about their media or what sources they're using. But, you know, there is, uh, it's funny. I, there's a teacher that comes to me and tells me the stuff that her dad reads about on the news. So he's like, get some different outlets. And during the, the uh, election issues, she was coming to me. She's like, is it true Biden's going to get arrested? And I'm like, what? And then, then like the next week, is it true that Trump is going to get arrested soon? <laughs> And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like just all this random stuff. I'm like, what? Eventually, she's telling me. That, like, she Have you heard about this QAnon person? <laughs> yeah. And then she was talking to me about, she asked me about um, the, uh, shoot, what were the voting machines called? The, A Dominion? Uh, yeah, Dominion things in Germany. And she was asking about, is it true something like they're sending, like they're counting votes in Germany and changing the Dominion machines or something like, something <laughs> like with that. And I'm like, I find out like, where are you getting your information from? She's like, my dad. I was like, where's your dad? getting? From? Like, I don't know. He watches something. And I'm like, can you go find out and tell me? And then like, he's like a he, frequent user on 4chan or something like that. The, the next week she comes back and he's like, he, he uses epoch times. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I hadn't even, I didn't even know. Isn't that kind of like satirical? Or is it just kind of like, you know, clickbaity things? I went and looked at it and it's, um, I think if you ask anyone on the left, they're going to say, oh, Epoch, really far right. But I I went and looked at it and there was a lot more right wing ideas, like more kind of like a little bit out there. Kind of like a daily Uh, caller or something like that or. It it was, yeah, some of the, the articles were out there. And, or kind of built off assumptions, like if this is the case, then blah, 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 blah. But uh, they they had some other stuff on there. I thought it was a halfway decent mix. I mean, if you're going to compare it Somewhat to the left balanced, wing, yeah. you go to any left wing media major media outlet. It's just all left, 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 left. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I can't criticize a right wing outlet for doing the same thing. Weird. I wonder if he's just reading like the uh, uh, opinion articles or something like that. And yeah, just and that might have been too. He's just looking at all the editorials, like <laughs> this sort yeah. of stuff. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I find it kind of interesting. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, you know, it, it's just uh, again, I, I said this in like the last interview. There's so much mar- so much marketing going behind the George Floyd thing that I can visually see, and it's just insane because their marketing campaigns are really good. They're getting a lot of donations. They're getting a lot of um, political consulting. They're you know they're twisting it to have it have more left-wing policies pushed you know they're shaming the other side for um you know having dissenting views and stuff like that so i like i said before i'm I'm always skeptical when it comes to heavy marketing pushes when it comes to everything especially like you know fight for 15 and and even things like on the right as well um uh you know, the second amendment thing and stuff like that. I, ha- I feel like it has more validity because they actually have like the constitution behind it and stuff like that. But a lot of these companies that are pushing, you know, these like far left wing things are 
the same companies that you are trying to um that you totally oppose like especially when it comes to left-wing ideologies like amazon is pushing this microsoft is pushing this you know just like all these rich billionaires that you despise are actually just like on your side and they're manipulating you to go for these causes i mean fighting for 15 won't hurt microsoft and amazon it's going to hurt their competition and that's what they hope to do is to i mean destroy their competition by you know having the $15 minimum wage because they could destroy a lot of the other um, early inception tech companies. Yeah. And that other episode that we did with the shadow campaign that I mentioned before, I mean, they go into that, that how the corporations working together to manipulate uh, the perspective of the, the populace basically is what it goes into. If you actually read it and break down, what is this actually saying? And they're kind of talking mm-hmm. it as a praise, like, Oh no, we're just making sure that everything's done right. And it's like, well, no, you're actually manipulating people to believe what you want them to believe and trying to stop any dissenting ideas. Um, yeah. But anyway. Um, so if I have to say conviction, uh, yeah, I think there will be probably a third degree charge, maybe second degree. If there's not second degree, I think there's going to be riots anyway, uh, because they want to keep that narrative going that the justice system is broken. Let's break down. So what are all the charges? Let's go back really quick. What are all the charges? Second, third and third uh, degree manslaughter, second second degree murder, (gasps) second degree manslaughter and third degree murder. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm just going to go off a whim, say no on nothing. I'll, again, I'm not going to put my money on anything, but Hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I'm just going to say no. I, I mean, this is how I feel like a, a, a with all the evidence I see. And if, if there there's going to be an unbiased jur- jury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I guess that's it. If man, if, if everything could be just neutral and we could just bring down aliens and have them listen to the case and no outside influence and right. when Oh, yeah, that's the, what the, I was saying. Bring, bring in a bunch of Mormons. <laughs> or not mormons uh, uh amish because oh. they have no tv they have nothing they know nothing <laughs> yeah maybe that's what they need the amish. they probably have never heard of george floyd before they're going to come back and be like wait a minute 9-11 happened what the hell <laughs> yeah so basically you can if you could bring people in that really have zero connection and they're gonna disappear after the the verdict and they just simply go off the evidence then i i don't think that there's enough to convict maybe a little bit on that negligence with the throat with that thing on uh, leg on the neck but mm-hmm. we, we have to know that chauvin didn't know what was in the system what was in the system they did call for a medical team and that it's just it's timeline issues which i'm sure they'll get into during the case mm-hmm. but uh yeah if going straight on evidence i i i'm not sure that there's enough to, for conviction but in the world that we live in, I think there will be a, conviction. there will be one. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I want to say that I, I don't think the season's over and I think the no conviction is going to be the season finale for this season <laughs> of America. <laughs> yeah, season 21. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I we'll see. Yeah. But, so uh, anyway, but we have a lot. We have a long time to go, and there's going to be a lot more drama, and there's probably going to be a lot more evidence too. So yeah, as stuff comes out, we'll try to do another one and break it down a little bit, and uh, maybe our opinions will change. I know my opinion changed a little bit from just yesterday, so mm-hmm. we'll yeah, go from definitely. there. 
yeah, I'm starting to kind of combat some different perspectives and stuff like that. So yeah, well, that's what we're here you, for, right? Yes, yeah, sir. Well, do you want any, uh, any shout outs? Hi mom. Blueoceanhq.com. Come on. I need more money so I can market for you guys. I'm just kidding. I'm doing fine. But or you if you guys ever need money. me, <laughs> yeah. it, uh, uh, construction companies i love marketing for i market for everybody but um i def- definitely have this trend for marketing uh for construction companies so you could email me spencer at blueoceanhq.com or you could check out my site blueoceanhq.com awesome do you want to follow you on tweet tweet uh, yeah, you could, you could check out, um, on my social media, uh, long lost explorer. I, I need to get up on it, but I, I definitely have, uh, 10 good episodes uh, so far. So I'm going to be, um, creating some more here in the future. Once I slow down on all of my work and stuff like that, my, my company and, uh, the rent is more important than the podcast right now. So how dare you, <laughs> you follow Spencer that you go and, uh, report him for violating Twitter's, uh, usage and, <laughs> Anything you don't like here, make sure you get him canceled. Dox me. Yeah, just dox me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, well, uh, if you heard anything that you disagree with or want to debate, shoot an email to systemicdcommunication at gmail.com. This has been Systemically Distorted Communication. Until next time, I salute. Thank you, sir. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.